In this week's lesson, Brother Brzezinski teaches on the topic, Invested Not in Vain. Thank you, musicians, for leading us in worship. Amen. Um, it is good to be here in Young Adults tonight. Uh, I want to give honor to Brother Lopez, who is not with us, of course. Uh, I was actually driving back down on... Um, Thank you, Brother Kilman. I was actually driving back from Wisconsin as he was driving up to Minnesota, so I waved to him as we went by, and that was fun. Um, no, I didn't really see him. But we, we, we were boxing as we were like on the same highway, so we, of course, love and appreciate the Lopez's. Um, looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be fun. Who's ready for some hiking and all this kind of thing? Yes? So that'll be good. Um, and thank you, Sister Hannah, for just being you, for um, just leading our events like prayer and all that you do. Appreciate you. Book club. Yeah, everything. Appreciate it. And uh, I give honor to Brother Kilman back here. I just am so thankful for being able to sit under Brother Kilman as much as I have. And a hundred years from now, my one claim to fame might be he had the idea to record Brother Kilman and put it on a podcast. So that will be, that'll be exciting. All right, I want to uh, begin tonight, John Brown, good word, thank you for that. Um, I know that when I came up here, it was 82 degrees and back, uh, so that means that up here it's significantly hotter, uh, so I will not be long tonight. Somebody say amen on the back row. They're falling away quickly. <laughs> now, if it's any consolation, uh, Tonight's going to be an interesting night on my, on my side, and I will shoot to go quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was a young, when I first got into church, one of the verses that resonated with me a lot was uh, Galatians 6, 7 through 9. And I would say it all the time. And every time I'd get up to preach accent, I would probably preach that verse. And what does it say? Does anybody know what it says? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And I would just, that was my verse. I, and, and Brother Mooney preached a sermon, and I probably found it on one of those, I did find it on like some website that pirates sermons and illegally, without copyright, they publish them, but God, for that one sermon, I was glad because he has this sermon. You guys who've been here a long time have probably heard it, but it, it's just stay with it. That's, he's like, stay with it. There's an anointing head. Stay with it. And that's his sermon. And I, If you look at my iTunes, I've listened to that thing, I don't know how many times, but when I'm just in need of encouragement, I just put that sermon on. Stay with it. Stay with it. Uh, so I want to talk about those concepts, I want to talk about some kingdom concepts, and I think that we should care about these concepts, because I do not, this would be the worst thing in the world, right? Like, you're one of those people who, you're investing your money in your retirement fund, and all of a sudden there's a dip in the market, and you bail out, and you like, lose half your money, and it's gone, because you bailed out right when it was time to press through, and get to the, get to the end. I don't want to be that kind of Christian who, I'm investing and I'm sacrificing and I bail out at the very time that I should have been saying, hey, just ahead may be 
the anointing, just ahead may be the reward for what I'm doing. As you said, John, when we sacrifice things, where are they laid up? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some kingdom principles that I believe are true. And I do think Galatians 6, 7 through 9, whatever you sow to, that's what you're going to reap. That's a true principle. So if I sow to the Spirit, I'm going to reap things of the Spirit. If I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap things from the flesh. That's a true principle. But in my understanding, I think that at times, I have not fully grasped what that is talking about. I do not believe that when we invest in things, anything, really, whether it's the stock market, whether it's real estate, whether it's people, whether it's you name it, what it, whether it's the kingdom, when we invest in something, when we put a seed in the ground, it is very rare that we get a one-to-one return. Time has this interesting thing of multiplying what we invest. That's just the way that it works. And Albert Einstein said that the most powerful, uh, one of the most powerful things in the world is compound interest. Okay, Al- Elena, just me and you care about math, so we're going we're gonna to talk about compound interest tonight, okay? Um, no, but... Compound interest, if you look at the graphs, and certainly you've seen people say, well, if you invest a dollar in 1812, it'll be worth a 12 bajillion dollars today. It's compound interest, and, and the graph looks parabolic. Well, I believe that there is such a thing as compound interest in the Holy Ghost. I really do believe that, and I don't think that what we're sacrificing, what we're investing, that we're going to get back just one-to-one. I think that whenever we sacrifice and we put a seed in the ground, that's going to come back with interest. And I'm not trying to put a math principle and establish a doctrine with spiritual things, but I do believe that when we invest something in the Holy Ghost, we get a return on those investments. And it's more than, it's more than one-to-one. It's more than we put in. We get things back with compound interest. Okay, so I want to read a verse for you in Luke 13 and 18. Jesus is saying, To what will I liken the kingdom of, of heaven? To what, to, to what will I liken the kingdom of God, he says. And he goes on to say, It is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in it. And he goes on to say, And whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. If we put these two parables together, what, 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 what might we say about the kingdom of God? Is it's, a, it's a dead kingdom, it's a static kingdom. No, none of these things. The kingdom of God, what I see from those things is two things. It's alive. There's a living element to the kingdom of God. And it's, it's bound to expand, it's bound to grow. When the kingdom gets mixed up with you and I, there ought to be some growth involved, okay? Now, you know, Brother, Brother Lopez last week preached a good sermon. He preached a good sermon, and I just want to re-preach, if I could, a little bit of what he was saying. And the message I got from him last week was, let's think big. Let's think big in terms of what God can do. Because God can do a lot of things. Now, when I was in Bible school, I was poor. And I was paying, I was working, I was paying for school, and I was doing these Dave Ramsey classes, because you can get credit at IBC for Dave Ramsey classes. And I, it's a good class. Uh, and I went to this class, and I, I got my budget out, and I put my budget together. And part of what we were supposed to do was take the budget to somebody, some mentor, and say, hey, will you look over my budget? Does this seem to make sense? Are my dollar allocations in the right place? And I didn't have a lot of dollars to allocate, so it was very, 
it was like, at the end of the week, I'll have $5 for peanuts and popcorn. This will be great. Um, that's not really a joke. <laughs> but um, So, you know, I thought like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm being wise and I'm planning and I've got my budget. And is that a wise thing to plan and make a budget? As opposed to like overspending on credit cards and uh, so, yeah, it's a wise thing. So I take this to Brother Sleva, and I'm, I was really proud of this. And I say, Brother Sleva, what do you think about my budget? Is this something you can sign off on and be okay with? And he's just, you know, he was totally unimpressed. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's good. Just don't think God can't work outside of that. Like, I did all this work to plan, and you're just you're dismissing it and saying, well, don't think God can't work outside of that. But the truth is, is that is reality, Right? God can work outside of our plan. And we ought to make the, the thought possible in our minds that God can work outside of our plan. <laughs> I would be, it would be too bad if my whole life I only had what I could work for and save and invest. Okay? Okay, we're going we're gonna to keep going. Now, this, this is a radical thought to me. In Luke 12 and 24, Jesus says, Consider the ravens. They don't sow, they don't reap, and they're taken care of. Well, what am I saying that... I'm saying that there is a principle outside of... Not outside of sowing and reaping altogether, but there is a principle outside of you sow and you're only going to get back what you put in. No. There is a principle in the kingdom that if you sow into the kingdom, you're going to get back much much more. And growth is the, the norm in the kingdom. It ought to be the norm in the kingdom. Okay? Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Okay? If you, or here's what I would think, you know, we do hear bad teaching sometimes where people come to say things like, they come to equate gain with godliness. And we don't believe that, right? We do not believe that gain is godliness. We do not believe that if I'm driving a Bentley that that means I'm spiritual. It's not what we believe. But however, and this is, this. let me just make an addendum here that this is Kevin talking. This isn't Bible. But I do think that blessings follow godly people. I just think that's a principle. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I do think that, and this is again Kevin's commentary, forgive me, but I don't go to work just to work for a paycheck, but I do the best that I can by God and by my employer, and I just have an anticipation that God's going to honor that, and the money follows the principle. You understand? Okay. Now, there is a difference, of course, between progress and growth, and this is the teaching part of this, but there is a big difference between progress and growth. If you have a tree, if I have a garden, if you have a garden, and it looks very green... That could be either progress or it could be growth. Let me, let me just define what I mean by progress. By progress, I just mean things that look like achievement. They're things that you can kind of control with your own two hands or things that look good. Let, let's define it this way. Progress is what man can achieve. Okay? And there's a lot of things that we can do that is progress. There's a lot of things that we can do within the loose context of the kingdom of God that looks like progress. Okay? Are we good so far? I mean, let's be honest. You could, theoretically, you could chase something in ministry or within the realm of the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with God's intention for your life. 
True? Absolutely true. Growth, on the other hand, is different. Growth is what is intended for us. Okay? Growth is something that God intends for us. And growth comes in many forms. And I'm not going to stay here long because I am sweating. In Jesus' name. But, gr- but gr- <laughs> praise him. <laughs> it is hot in here. Okay, if you guys, if you guys have ever seen, I've, I've been to an apple orchard. And in the fall, those apples, they've been picked. And somebody's come through and just purged that tree. They've just mowed down the tops of those trees and the branches are all cut off. What are they doing to that tree? They're pruning the tree. They're, they're cutting down branches so that they're more sturdy, so that, fruit can, so that fruit can grow on those trees, if you know what I'm saying. So sometimes growth looks like pretty awkward. Can I just say that? Sometimes growth looks like failure. It looks like you've just been cut off. It looks like, what is God doing in my life? I thought I seemed to be have all these green leaves and things were progressing very nicely and then the pruning shears come out. But is that not what God says in John 15, that I'm the vine, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And he goes on to say that if you're not producing fruit, I'm just going to take you away. And he says that if you are producing fruit, I'm going to purge you so that you can produce more fruit. So growth is what we're going for here. And, that, and the appearance of growth can be a great number of things. You, you, you really can't judge a man on one day and where he's at and try to say, well, I've got, he, God's, God must not be blessing him because look at his life. He must not have the favor of God on him because look at his life. He, he just doesn't seem to have all the success indicators that we might look for. And we might, on the flip side, look at somebody who's progressing very quickly, and we might say, wow, they are progressing quickly. They've got this, they've got that, the other thing. And it could be that that has nothing to do with growth. So what I'm telling you is there is a principle of kingdom growth, but it is not the same thing as progress. Good so far? All right. Now, I really, I really am serious about me sweating and this being short. When I was first in church, I would often, I would often pray, kind of a foolish prayer, I think, but I prayed it anyway because I was just zealous for God, and I was like, "Oh God, make!" I was, I'd pray, "Make me a hundredfold Christian," like you know the parable of the the sower, and some some didn't grow, some were caught up by thorns, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, some a hundredfold, and I would pray, "God, make me a hundredfold Christian," as if whatever that meant. I just I wanted to be that. That was the bigger number. You had to be that. So that's what I would pray. Is I would pray, God, make me a hundredfold Christian. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is entirely true, but I do see in the Bible somewhere uh, where it talks about this. And I'm just, I'm going to paraphrase here, but in Mark 29, 30, it does say, if any man gives up lands and family, mothers, fathers, all these kinds of things, what does Jesus say he's going to do? I'll give, does he say, I'll just give it back to you? No, he says, I'll give it back to you a hundredfold. And in the next life, eternal life. So I come, just to like kind of get, get personal, I come, from, I come from Wisconsin. I miss my family. Sometimes I think to myself, man, you know, we give up certain things. We sacrifice certain things to be in the church. 
But all I want to say tonight is the investment is not in vain. The investment is not in vain. But what we put into the kingdom will come back. And I have to believe that. Because otherwise you could look at our lives and at certain most points it doesn't make sense. It doesn't always make sense that we are putting ourselves through what we're putting ourselves through. You're giving up your own time to go to go witness? John Brown, what are you what are you doing? You're you're giving up your Tuesday to go pray and thank you to everybody who comes and you're giving up your Tuesday to go to book club to discuss what's going on in the culture. Why do people do this? And I don't think we do things for reward necessarily, but it is a good thing to me to remember I'm not doing this for no reason. I'm not doing this in vain. But I do think that God is going to give back what we've invested into the kingdom. Amen. And when I say kingdom, let me... What do I mean by the kingdom? I think this is a slight tangent, but let me just say this. I mean that which is under the domain of the king, right? And if we want to have kingdom results, we need our lives to be under the domain or dominion of the king. Brother Kilman teaches this clearly to us. The authority principle. And if we, are, if we want something, if we're going to invest in the kingdom, the more that we put under his authority, the more that we trust to his lordship, our own personal lives, all of these things, that is what has the potential to grow by the Holy Ghost. By this principle, if, if I could call it this principle, a holy compound interest, if you will. Okay? Now, I just, I just think that, I just, I just, I fear some, I don't fear in a bad way, but I do fear sometimes that stagnant stuff. I don't think that for us, for Christians, we're supposed to be stagnant. I just don't think that's how it's supposed to be. I know sometimes growth doesn't look very appealing. Sometimes growth doesn't look very obvious. But I don't think that we are to be stagnant. I think that we are to be bringing fruit to fruition in our lives. The end result of our lives, the end result of our abiding in prayer, the end result of our word, the end result of fellowship, these things are not for nothing, but they're for a return and they're for a purpose. And I have, I have family back in Wisconsin, and I love them. And I, I want my life, when I'm up there, I'm not always trying to force the word into their face, but I do want, to ab- I want my life to abide in the presence of God so that when they're hungry, when they're thirsty, they just know if they want a piece of fruit, they know where to go. And what's in that fruit? Well, the seed's in the fruit. And it just, it's going to multiply. When that seed gets inside, you can't always see it, but there's going to be a multiplication. There's going to be a harvest beyond what you've planted. And I, I just, I just want to think big. <laughs> I think that there, is, there are things in the Holy Ghost that, for example, talking to a gentleman this past Sunday, he had a lot of student loan debt. And he said, wouldn't you know it, somebody just gave me a check to pay for my, all my student debt. Well, that's nice. The guy was in ministry. Okay, The guy wasn't putting together his budget saying, if I plan just right, and if I work 90 hours a week, and if I give 10 hours to ministry, I'll probably be able to pay off this debt in the year 20-whatever. No. He just walked out in faith, and he said, God, don't really know how this works for the budget. It's, that's not being foolish, 
That's just thinking beyond the budget. That's just thinking if I'm investing in the kingdom, who's to say God's not going to give me a blessing where I did not sow and give me something to reap where I did not sow? And I think the principle is true when we talk to people. Santander, I know you're working with some folks, and we sometimes talk about this, and we don't, you don't know altogether what God is doing with the people around us. You know, it may not be just that you have to witness and you have to always be the one to do everything because don't you know the Holy Ghost is working on people all the time. The Holy Ghost is able to prepare soil so that all you have to do is say, oh, well, this is a natural fit for this piece of fruit that I've been abiding in Jesus and I've got something that if you just take this, that seed's going to grow. So there's a difference, right? I do believe that growth is just a natural part of kingdom living okay and if we are in god that growth is going to happen and the kingdom's going to move forward and it's going to be beyond what we can even ask or think because it's a kingdom principle now our investment in the kingdom is not in vain and i want to close with this and i promise i really am closing but i want to close with this it says in romans uh 324 that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I just want to look at that word redemption. That word redemption does not mean uh, Jesus got us because the devil didn't want us anymore. That word redemption is talking about he purchased us back by his blood. So that tells me that it cost Jesus something. And I see throughout parables in the Bible that Jesus likes to see a return on his investment. He said to the fig tree, you're not cutting it. He said to the people he gave talents to, the one who buried the talent and did not multiply it, he said, too bad for you. I'm taking away what you have. And the people who multiplied it, they were the people who were blessed. So I think Jesus has invested in us and he wants to see in a, a return on his investment. And I think we owe, <laughs> we owe that to Jesus for redeeming us to be at least a living sacrifice. I'm going to read you one story and I will close. This is, I heard this, I'm going to paraphrase this. This is from, I heard this a long time ago. It was from an island, the Hawaiian Islands, and it was customary for husbands to give their wives or give the, a dowry for their wives. So they would give the father a dowry. It was usually one cow, two cows. If, if she was really beautiful and he really wanted to get married to her, maybe three cows. That was like ex- exorbitant. And once, once upon a time, there was, there was two sisters, and one was kind of fair and one was prettier. And there was a man who came through one day and came and offered ten cows to the sister who was thought to be not as pretty. And the father was like, absolutely, I'm doing this before you can change your mind. So he does. Years go by. They go on their honeymoon. Two years later, and there's people coming back into the city. And everybody's looking at this beautiful woman who's riding in. And they think, where, where did this lady come from? Who is this beautiful lady? She's the most beautiful lady in all the land. Where in the world did she come from? And she stops into this house, the same house that this plain fair lady lived at. And, and the principle is this. that A lot of times in life, it is worth what you pay for it. And through the price through the dowry of ten cows 
and through the love of a husband and through the valuation of a husband, that lady began to realize she was beautiful. She'd be able to become more confident and pretty soon it blossomed and she was perceived to be the most beautiful lady around. My point is, is it's kind of worth what you pay for it. And if it's worth what you pay for it, we are all very valuable investments. Are we not? Jesus did not send a junior worker to come get us. He didn't, get, he didn't give a little penance for us. Jesus purchased us with his own blood. And that investment, I don't want that investment to be in vain in my life. I know that we all don't. And you guys are faithful people. And I, I just want to come and encourage you today that don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't quit when your anointing could be there tomorrow. Don't quit when the next step of your growth could be right around the corner. The investment is sure. The investment that you put in the kingdom is sure. And it's going to come to fruition. And I, I, Sometimes I preach that to myself. It's going to come to pass. Don't grow weary. Stay with it. Stay with it. There's an anointing ahead. Stay with it. And it's, it's more than what you put in. It's a compound blessing. That's my short lesson. And I will leave you with this because it's hot in here and I really am done. The hard times never, never hurt me. Sometimes it's the easy times that got me the worst, that had me let up. The hard times, they're not going to hurt the fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Sister Troxel, help me close this up.